In a world with custom calls, custom shotguns, and custom shotgun shells, why stop there? Why not custom decoy rigs made to hunt the way you hunt? From the jerk cords for the flooded timbers of Arkansas, to the long lines for the diver hunts of the Great Lakes, to the Texas rigs for the crawfish ponds of Louisiana and the rice fields of the Sacramento Valley. At A-Bear's Custom Decoy Rigs, LLC, they have the rig for you. From their coated cable to their patent tangle-free monofilament rigs to their endless weight, shapes, and sizes, they have what you're looking for. Find them at www.abearcustomdecoyrigs.com or find them on their Facebook page. Remember, get the rig for the way you hunt. Flyway Connections is brought to you by The Real Decoy. If you're looking to make your decoy spread come alive, check out the products. From the Roughneck and Natural Swimmer, with the Max Flow keel design for optimal speed and battery life, to their Natural Flutter Extreme Mod 1, featuring their new proprietary Tsunami Wave technology that gives your decoy spread natural water movement. If you're the hardcore waterfowler looking for hardcore motions, look up the Real Decoy products at realdecoy.com. Use promo code FWC22 for 15% off of your next purchase. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Flyway Connections. We are without Chris today, so it's just me and Joe. Joe, would you like to introduce our uh, guest for today? Hey, so today, well, good buddy of mine, great duck hunter, even better taxidermist, Clint, Mr. Four Shot Chipman. Hey, how you doing today, Clint? Hey, big guy, how are y'all? It's living that dream, getting ready, you know, dog days of summer, getting ready for uh, duck season coming up. I know. I'm just ready for some cooler weather. Yeah, yeah. I think we were talking about that the other day. I mean, that gum, all this humidity in these hundred degree days, huh? I'm about to die. Yeah, yeah. You know, the sad thing about here in Louisiana is we'll still be we'll be mid December duck hunting. <laughs> it's still in the degrees. And walk around in a pair of flip flops and Bermuda shorts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, which we, we we'll finally start cooling off here in uh end of September, you know. You know, I've been deer hunting in you know, end of October and it'd be ninety degrees, you know, so. Yeah. But we don't we don't ever get no frost here until almost February, till December now. Yeah. But. So for the viewers, I mean, we all know Clint is a, a taxidermist. I'm pretty sure today, you, as you always, the last time we we're talking, you were working on some ducks. Um, what were you stuffing today so far? Today, today I did uh, two pheasants today. Yesterday, two pheasants? Yeah, I, I had to take my son to golf ball, so I had to call it quits a little early today. But, you know, yesterday, what did I do yesterday? A green head, a yeah. No, y- yesterday I did uh, a pintail, a uh, green head, and a green wing. Day before that, I did a green head, a pintail, and a, a banded wood duck. Banded wood duck. <laughs> so, just you know, starting off because you know everyone's curious about taxidermists. Everybody wants you know, you know, every season you know we you know, waterfowl to so think about. Killing birds, 
get in some bands and what what trophy bird they want to to mount or have on the wall. But for kind of stars, I'm curious, how'd you get into taxidermy? Uh I started I started out going to tech school as an auto body and one matter of fact it's the guy that I work for now. Uh, he worked he worked at a taxidermy shop and one another one of my friends, he worked there too. Well, we just got where we'd go duck hunting here on the weekends and stuff like that. Well, I'd get out of school at, and I'd go, I'd swing by the taxidermy shop and I'd hang out there for an hour or so every day. And then, then next thing you know, deer season rolled around and the man, the fella that owned it come up to me and said, Hey, he said, you coming by here every day? He said, you want a job skinning deer for me? I said, well, I, I said, well, I can give it a try. I, said, I don't know. And that was in 1990, October of 1992. And that's what I've been doing ever since. <laughs> and I never, I, gra- I, gradu- I graduated from tech school and not everybody on beans on a roll. And I never set foot in a body shop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, you know, taxidermy is kind of, a, I was talking to somebody the other day, taxidermy and gunsmith are kind of like a lost art in today's world. And no, I, I ain't gonna say taxidermy is a lost art by no means. And then, you know, and if, it's funny that you brought up gunsmithing. Um, my all my childhood years, my daddy was a gunsmith, mm-hmm. and he and he ne- he would only charge people what it cost him to fix their guns. And he was a perfectionist, so there was some other gunsmiths around, and they cared people cared the guns of them. They'd mess them up, and and then. They'd find out about daddy and they'd bring him over here and daddy'd fix him. <laughs> yeah. And then, then, then the permits and all that got where it's cost so much money to have a FFL and, and yeah. And I, I ain't losing money on this stuff no more. So he quit doing it. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, do you have any of his old guns that you, you hunt with, you know, the stuff that he's worked on? Mm, I actually, I have that um, he has a thirty out six that he built, and it's on a Mauser ninety eight action. And uh, I have shot it years ago, but I have never carried that particular gun hunting. And uh, and whenever he then got started getting sick, and we sat there and we talked, and out here in the yard one day, and he said, he said, Clint, he said, I want you to do what you. And we was talking about his boat. And I said, well, I said, my nephew needed a boat to uh, college fish with. He, he, he got him a scholarship. I said, this lady Ann had the boat. And uh, he said, what about the guns? He, he said, I want you to have what you want of the guns. And we ain't never done nothing with them, you know. And he, yeah. he said, he said you're going to get what you want. He said, I want this to have this, this to have this, and this to have this. And uh, and I said, Daddy, I said, the only thing I want, I said, I want your the single six, I want the twenty two two fifty, and I said, I want your thirty out six that you built. And uh, and I said, anything else that comes up or whatever, I said, you know, I ain't gonna never let nothing happen to them. I said, but that that's the three that I want. Yeah. So yeah, he said you. He said you get every one of them that you do want. He said, but I want this and this and this and that. I said, and that's the way it'll be. Yeah, and yeah. That's, that's, that's far as we ever went with the gun situation with him. Yeah, heirloom guns are such a like 
such sentimental. You can't put value on. I have three of um, no, yeah, three of my my great grandfather's shotguns. I have um, a Model Twelve, a, an, a an old Belgium A five, and a um, a Browning over and under. And it's just you know, people have seen them in my face. Was he going on, Clint? Yeah, you, 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 yeah, I lost you there just a second. Oh, yeah. Yeah, people see them in a safe, and, you know, they've offered me, you know, especially that A5 that will build. They've offered, you know, they've offered me money for me, but, like, I can't. There's no way. You couldn't offer me enough money to sell those things. I don't well, think I'm, 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 I'm give you a little trivia since you're sitting there talking about them. Two of them three guns that you have. Mm-hmm. When, when my granddaddy died, my mama's daddy, um, he had got – all the grand youngins a gun and, and this and that. Well, the gun that I got from him was my great uncle's Model 12 20 gauge. And I'd had it, that was the first shotgun I'd ever went on the field with, was that mm-hmm. particular one. Then uh, my daddy wound up with my granddaddy's Model uh, A5, which was a, it's a bit, it was bought. My grandmother bought it for my granddaddy for an anniversary present the year my mama was born, nineteen forty-four. I have I have that gun. I have my granddaddy died in ninety-two, and I have never pulled a trigger on. Really? I've I've never I never took it out, shot it, or nothing. One thing I ain't gonna take that beating that old A five again. Yeah, that's a real good, you know. Yeah, John Browning knew what, yeah. you know. John, John Browning was the best gun builder ever made. You know, he invented the nineteen eleven, the Model Twelve. I mean, the A five, the BAR. You know, yeah, military. Right, I, think, yeah. I think military still used the BAR. Now the, not the yeah the B. We don't use the BAR, but we still use the M two fifty cal that came out the right. same year as the um, nineteen eleven. And there's only been one change in the on the on the U.S. Army 50 cal in a, over a hundred years, and the only change that no, we've done in a hundred years that 50 cal is we put a safety on it. Right. Really. I mean, John John Browning was such a brilliant man. Oh yeah. I mean, unbelievable. And yeah. he, and his stuff was and his stuff was fail safe. I mean, look at that 1911. I mean, you can, drag, you can throw that, hook that thing to the bumper of the truck, drag it down the road and drag it through the mud and and, and pick it up and shoot it. You know, by like old yeah. AK-47, you know, that AK-47, that thing ain't going to fail you. AK yeah. It will not fail. Well, I know. Yeah. Yeah, those, uh, but, yeah, those guns definitely, they last. They definitely last. My dad has the uh, 16 gauge Fox Sterlingworth side by side, and that's like it was my granddad's, and that's the one I'm looking forward to. I'm definitely gonna get that, some that, Fox that, shells. For- now, 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 funny did you just sat there and just brought that up? My my wife's father just passed away the 10th of May. He has a Fox. 16 gauge side to side. And it's in immaculate shape. Yeah. But long, long time ago, I was sitting there, I was like, and I told him, I said, any gun you ever have, Mr. Johnson, this is one I want. And he said, 
and and he had then promised it to his his oldest son years ago, and he told my wife, he said, I'd gag plant that gun right now. Because, you know, because it, it means something to me. You know, yeah. he had a bunch, he had a bunch, he had a bunch of old, um, <laughs> he had a, a rolling block, 22. Uh, I mean, like, he, he believed in old trot line weights, what I call them. Yeah. One of, you know, he, he had the old, the, the Winchester pump that was before the Model 12 and all, the one that had the, I think it's 1984. Yeah. Or from the pun gun, they went to that, and they could put like what five shells in it or something. Probably, I, I really, I really don't know, Sharp. You know, they had that the, the one that had the hammers on it, and then they had one of them. I think was an eighteen ninety four or something like that. And then the mm-hmm. other one was a, a nine. Then the other one was a ninety seven. And yeah. then the then the Model Twelve come out. The Model, but 12, Model yeah. Twelve, but but look how long that Model Twelve was ever in existence. Oh yeah, I mean it was it was in existence all the way into the sixties, you know, and or yeah, before or they, 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 they replaced it, it with twelve hundred. Yeah, then it went to the twelve hundred. Yeah, that 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 thing wasn't nothing compared to a model twelve. Oh yeah, it, and it, and the um that that Remington model thirty seven, it's a pump gun. It, it's the same thing as the Epic gun now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It ejects out the bottom. Yep, yep, yep. I think I think I think John Browning designed that one too. Yeah, the BSP does the same the thing. BSP, yeah, yeah but, but yeah, but, you, but that, that, <laughs> yeah, it's got it, it's got wrote right on what it is. BP. <laughs> 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 I was waiting for that one. <laughs> yeah, just because it's got Browning's name on that right there ain't got nothing to do with John Browning right there. I promise. <laughs> 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 Yeah, it's funny how shotguns have changed over the years with with waterfowl. Um, I mean, like when my great grandfather, you know, all his old guns were thirty inch barrels, full chokes. Right. And, you know, you know, and now now you sit there and look at modern technology, uh, from choke tubes to modern shotgun shells. You know, and one of the worst things that ever happened to me when somebody gets in duck brown mean they shoot the cheapest shotgun shells they can buy. Yes. And that is, you know, you sitting there, you go shoot a, a $1,700, $1,800 shotgun wearing a $1,000 pair of waders or a $500 coat, and you go shoot a $10 box shotgun shell. Yeah, some monarchs. Or, or, blow a $5, or, or blow a $10 duck off. Yeah, you complain why you always pull feathers and complain why you don't kill anything. That that is exactly right, and I ain't gonna say what the worst shotgun shells made is, but I will say they red holes. (laughs) (laughs) And and at one at one time they used to be about ten dollars a box. Do they come in a gray box? (laughs) Yeah, with an with an with an X on it. Yeah, I think I've seen some of those. (laughs) You know what? I'll say I stopped shooting those. I bought a brand new box. This is the only time it's ever happened to me. I bought a brand new box. You know, here in Louisiana, 
Oh, it's it's a waterfowl state. So you can go to a gas station. They sell shells at a gas station. Right. And for some reason, I don't know what I did. I think I forgot my uh, my shells. I didn't have. I didn't. Think, I didn't think I had enough in the, my blind bag. I bought a box from the gas station. Right. Brand new box. They were gray. I think they had like a red X on them. <laughs> yeah, I put a brand new shell in. Load up. A ring neck comes in the morning. Two ring necks come in. Boom! I shot the first one. I pulled the trigger on the second one, and a funny noise happened, and I didn't hit no recoil. And something told me not to shoot. Not to shoot the third, the third shell. Yeah, something told me my gut do not shoot. And my buddies and my oldest son looked at me like, Dad, why didn't you shoot that second bird? You had it dead to rights. I'm like, listen, no. Unshrewed the barrel, took the barrel off, looked down down the, um, and there was a squid load. I was like, that's why I didn't shoot. Something didn't feel right. I mean, for me, yeah. You know, I sat there and had, you know, them duds go off beside me. And and, and I grabbed, you know, when when one of my clients right beside me, you know, and I don't shoot uh, when I'm hunting, when I'm guiding, you know, I carry a gun with me. Yeah, you know, most sometimes that somebody's gun's gonna break and I wind up giving them my gun. And so them gun and that gun is a like that right there. And I and I I'll, I will grab the gun and they just look at me and say, "Don't shoot again." Yeah. And I and I've and I have gotten field stakes out of you know, and be trying to knock the wads out of guns. Yeah. You know, and, and it ain't you know, and that goes with all shells. I've had I've had them all, you know, that happen. Yeah. But, you know, you get a big old wink, you know, and somebody and I promise somebody right now, they say, Well these shells right here are twenty dollars a box. Yep. They twenty dollars a box. I said, I can go buy this forty dollar box of shotgun shells. And spend the exact same amount of money you will with them twenty dollar box shotgun shells. Yep. Because I ain't gonna shoot near as many of them. Yes. Yep. 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 So you know, you know, and now, now, you know, business. You know, everybody's harping on the business stuff. You know, and I shot them. I shot bosses last year, and I shot some heavy, some heavy shot business last year. Is business better than steel? Absolutely. And I don't care what manufacturer it is; it's better than steel. Yeah, you know, I was all, I was always a heavy metal person, but the heavy metal shells were the original heavy metal shells was steel with heavy shot in them. Yeah, the heavy shots, the heavy shots, the best there is. Period. Yeah, and then then they changed it up, so then it went from with the tungsten tungsten in it, they started putting bismuth in it, which was still good stuff. And but uh, you don't see me shoot no no straight steel lake. Yeah, I don't do it, and uh, I I respect the bird too much for that. Yeah, it, it, it's funny you said that. So last season, this on a teal, uh, me and a buddy were hunting out here in Catahoula, and we you know they come in, we shoot, we're killing some teal. He drops one. I'm like, hey, you cripped it, and I was shooting. Just like I was shooting uh, heavy shot number uh, number sixes. It was actually heavy bismuth, three inch number sixes. So 
I'm like, bud, you got a crip. And he was shooting Miagra. Those my those newer um I think Miagra's been on the market for two, three seasons now. He's chasing this crip on a blue wing teal in September. He put I watched him, he put eleven shells to finally kill that to kill that and teal. I I, I I think them old them shells are prettier on the high end. I don't know I don't know yeah. anything about them. I, I don't know anything about them. I don't know if they're I think they're a duplex low, but I don't know if it's a duplex steel with something else or it's no, it's steel it's, low. It's pure steel. It's a uh, well, duplex low and steel. So I don't know anything about them. So yeah, I mean, I can't. I, I and I, as far as I know, I've never had anybody get in the, in the blind with me that was shooting. So I, I mean, I can't make base my opinion on on, yeah. uh, on them. But I know what I can base my opinions on. <laughs> I, I do know that for a fact. Yeah, you know, anything's gonna kill them. You get them in there at dang fifteen yards, mm-hmm. but you know, you get them in there at fifteen yards, three feet off the water. I mean, you can kill them with a flip or a slingshot that, that some people would say. But that that duck right there, I don't want them out because it's gonna be blowed all to pieces. Yeah, and that's another, you know, and people sit there. Well, this is this is the first pintail I ever kill. Well, one thing is, it's full of pin feathers. You killed it in November. It ain't worth mounting. Yeah, you, know, you got the re- you got the rest of your life to kill another one. You know, look at the whole duck. Look at his back. Look at his head. You know, you don't want to mount something that's blowed all to pieces. You know, you didn't blow half his wing off, and you want him mounting flying. Well, you're gonna take him through the tax service, You know, and whether they're a bird guy or not, you know. And they mount your duck, call you come get it. Oh man, this thing looks great. You're gonna hang it on the wall, your buddy comes in there and say, Good God. Who mounted that? Oh Clint over there mounted it. They don't sit there and they don't sit there and tell him that, hey, he said I, I shot this son of a gun, he told me it wasn't worth mounting, but I told him I wanted it mounted anyway. Oh Clint mounted it, so it makes it makes your it makes the tax terms look bad. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, like definitely with you, Clint. I was gonna say, definitely with you, you're like a unique. I don't know, I'm sure there's other guys that do it. You're a taxidermist and a professional guide, um, right? So, like, I know you're giving you know, your clients, you know, on the guide perspective, you know, because you're probably coming from all over the you know, all of the states. Um, some of the way, the probably the best um, advice. But what do you like? What do you say to guys that want to, you know, that want to mount a duck? Or do you ever do you ever tell your clients like, hey, that's the duck you want to mount? Or absolutely, yeah. You know, like if you're like the ones that I mounted, well, the banded wood duck didn't. Uh, it, it was my family's. But I got it. I got them. I got my brother-in-law two times a year, and uh, the everything but the wood duck I mounted. The past two days has come from Arkansas. Well, it's January birds, and one of them late January, January or last week of January. You know, that's when you, if you want something to mount, that's when you want to pursue mounting your get your birds to mount is January, not no November. Not saying that you can't kill something that's totally plumed out in November, because I have done it, or early December. You know, I, I, I've mounted some beautiful stuff that was killed early December. 
but you really have to really look at it, really think through it. But them teal and stuff like that that we kill out there at Thanksgiving, they need to go in a pot with gravy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they don't need to be mounted because they're full of pin feathers. And, and some of them pintails we kill, Sharp, you know this right here. You know, some of them pintails we kill at that Thanksgiving week, they look like hens in their drapes. Oh, you know, the amount of sprig I mean, that grows from then till like the that split, the the next split is crazy. Like you said, you can barely tell the difference when they're up in a group between the drakes and the hens, and then you know, in between and you that. Split, just look for, you just look for some white, you know, uh-huh. look for some white belly. That's the only mm-hmm. thing you can do. Mm-hmm. And then they they sit there. Matter of fact, I it, I can't remember if it was when you come, Joe, or I don't think you was there that time. Uh, the first time I ever carried stumping them hunting. Yeah, we, I was there. And I, I, I already know the story and, and you're talking killed, about. All those pintails. And we, killed, we, we, killed, we killed that limit of pintails out of one group. Yeah, and, I, I was there. And, I, and every single one of them were drakes. Yeah. And, and, you, and the only way I, I could sit there, because I know what I was looking at, and because of the bill color. Yeah. I said, I said, that, I said, that gun, that's a hen. I said, no, nope, that's a drake. Good. You know, that's a drake. Good. And every time, about, every time Ella would bring one back, you know, that's great. That's great. Yeah. And none of them were, you, you know, what's funny about that? We were just talking when we were in the blind that day and we're like, none of these are mountable. And then we had one pintail that was actually a, a good looking mature Drake land right in the middle of, it landed and lit in the, in the decoys. And it was a perfect looking, fully plumed pintail. And we're like, we're all just looking at it because we all just mount and we just all limited out. Right. Yeah. I remember that day. That was a good day. Yep. That, that was a day. really good hunt. Yeah, that's when when we drove out there and, and uh, I thought they was crippled specs and they and after when I wouldn't well, I tried to run them off in the dark and they wouldn't they wouldn't get out of the decoys and then uh, after after shooting after sunrise and all they got up and flew off. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Two chickens. Yeah. I said, we just shot them jokers. <laughs> and we thought they were crippled because they wouldn't fly off. That, that, that was a good hunt that day. Yeah, that was a God, that was a good hunt. That was probably one of, with, for Valor and Honor hunts, um, that was one of, I'd say, a, a memorable hunt. That was, we had good people in the blind. And it was just, yeah, it was it was just a good hunt, especially then, the, the, uh, the other two guys. That was the first duck hunt they've ever been on. Right, and then uh, year before last, when I uh, carried Barrel and Honor, they had a uh, they had a good one too. You know, that, yeah. you know, we didn't. You know, my numbers didn't didn't uh, add up to my 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 par, but the amount of the amount of holes I was laying there did. Uh, that's um you know i i I base my hunts on how many times i say y'all kill yeah oh man who was on that hunt that Um, is very true (laughs) um sharp uh bryce was on that hunt he's talking about oh okay yeah yeah i like bryce yeah i mean we killed we killed some widgeons that day too yeah uh matter of fact um we had a group of widgeons come in there, and uh, they they killed a couple of them, and and 
It was one that went off a different direction. That son gun come back and he was a mile high and everybody stand up and blind. I grabbed my gun and I went and pulled the trigger and something. Said, what are you doing? And I killed him. I didn't kill him graveyard, but you know, he wadded up. And by the time he got about two feet off water, he made a circle around the blind and stuff shot him with his 410. Yeah, stuff with that. I'll tell you what, stuff with that 410 cracks me up. Yeah, they said there's. I sat there and watched him kill them specs and stonewall them with that 410. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but that goes right back to shooting good shells. Good shells, good choke tubes, you know. I promise you right now, Jeb's choke tubes produces the best dang um hunting choke tubes out there on the market. Yeah. Yeah, I know he's and, shooting you know, he's shooting the, those Jebs with uh either he's shooting tungsten, um They shooting uh, the bosses out of that board, ain't it? Yeah, that bosses that I know he started this year when him were talking, he was uh what's that other brand? Uh Apex. Apex, yeah, tungsten apex is what he's gonna be shooting out of this year. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't. I can't afford all tungsten. Like, yeah, I can't afford that. Expensive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You gotta take a I, second I, mortgage I, on your house. Yeah, but is it is it the best out there on the market? Absolutely. Yeah, anything's got tungsten in it is, but it's superb past anything else. But you know, if you're gonna go shoot six six shells and kill six ducks, it's cheaper. You got yeah. In the long run, it's cheaper. Long run, it yeah. is. That, that's what I was telling. I said, you want to go buy twenty dollar box shotgun shells because that's one's in the gray box with with red holes in it now. Yeah, you know, that's how much they, they, they probably over twenty dollars now. Yeah, I but think they, you have an excellent box. Yeah, they used to be ten dollars. Yeah, and, and you can go shoot two boxes of them right there, or I can go buy me a thirty dollar box of shells and shoot them, and I still have shells left over, and you're gonna be out of bullets. Yeah. Because I see more crippled ducks fly off. I mean, they hit the ducks, and you sit there and watch that duck fly off. Yeah. You know, you sit there and shoot him with something that's got some meat in it. You know, it don't take but one pellet. Yeah. I mean, I've even had ducks where I've shot, and, you know, you know we kill them, and they, they might get one or two in the pellets in the head, and you go pick the bird up, and you start, you know, Feel kind of a, fixing the feathers, and I've had pellets that didn't even go through the Pellet all the down. You're, you're scraping them out right. the feathers, right? And the and the problem know. with the problem I've seen with those shells is the first shot, like you said, is fine, but it's that second and third shot when those birds are leaving. Like you said, you see it, you see it hit that bird, but he's still flying fine. <laughs> It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to kill a duck shooting them in the ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I don't. And I don't care what kind of what kind of bullets you're shooting. You can be shooting the top of the top. You know. You, you know. It's hard to kill that duck shooting right square in the butt. Yeah. And that just you comes know. from a conservation yeah. side. Like pick you know, pick your shot. How many birds? I think we had Lee chose from uh, Boss on the show one day, and he was talking about. The birds, the the estimated birds that you know that die in nature from being crippled, is in the millions. It, it's 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 You know, it just so happened where I hunt, where me and Sharp hunt at, we can watch that duck fly off five or six hundred yards, and all of a sudden he locks his damn wings because he's gut shot, and freaking and he falls out dead. Yeah, and, and, and 
you get done hunting, you get on the side side and ride out there and pick him up on dry ground. Now let's talk to me. Yeah. You know, but like you're hunting in the woods somewhere or somewhere close, you know, a wood duck hole or just, just hunting in the, a mallard hole in the woods. You know, and you start shooting at them and a the duck gets up there coming out of the hole in the tr- top of the trees and, and you shoot. Well, the pellet hits the gut, the duck in the belly. Well, he flies over about 300 yards and falls out dead. You ain't firing And you, I mean, you don't, number one thing, you don't even know the duck falls out dead. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. you know my cut, my nephew, year before last, two years ago, he went and um, they was, I don't know where they was at, but somewhere in, on the public ground in Arkansas. <laughs> They were scouting in one afternoon, and they finally got in a little spot, and they see a greenhead laying on a log. They said, take me over. They said, that duck's banded. He said, take me over and let me pick him up. He banded. He goes over, and he, and the dang duck's banded. <laughs> he said, this right here's where we hunt. He said, it's where we're hunting in the morning. He goes there and, kill, and he kills a lemon of mallards two days in a row. <laughs> right <there>. <laughs> <laughs> you know they always say that uh, bass fishing and duck hunting the one that gets away is banded and the one that gets away is always an 8 plus you know and but you know, I've been pretty lucky on bands but you no know, I've actually caught, caught, called a band before I ever killed it before so hmm. that's hunt, that, that's me hunting in the and I was hunting in the field when I did that yeah which I love field hunting, you know, not knocking yeah. woods hunters. You know, I'm not knocking no woods hunters. But I love the woods. Absolutely. I love the woods. But yeah, I lo- you know, I look at it like Aaron, who can't hit a flying pillow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you get, you, you give me a 20 mile an hour wind and, and about 30 green wings right in your face. And see what happens to you. Oh yeah. It's going to, they, they're going to make a butt out of you. Shoot. Yeah. <laughs> But if the good Lord sat there and told me, say, Clint, you got one kind of duck killed the rest of your life, what's it going to be? I'm going to green wing teal every day. Yes. You know, I'm glad you said that. I think that them and the wood ducks are one of the best eating. They are. And they're the most – I look – you know, I hadn't killed a wood duck. Well, that's pretty much all you used to shoot here in Georgia, and I ain't hunted in Georgia in 15 years, 20 years now. Yeah. I love, I love shooting wood ducks through the trees. They're they're just it's so fun, and and the green wings is you know they come to a call good, they come to a call. Yeah, they gonna they gonna get in your face as quick as anything. They gonna make an ass out of you when you're shooting at them, and they taste they they taste the best. Yeah. You know, that that's you know, that's my opinion. You know, people gonna well disagree with me. You know, I don't want to shoot nothing but a greenhead. Okay. Or I ain't gonna shoot no spoonie. I'm a first first available. First <laughs> the whole first. Whatever comes in the hole first, that's what the good Lord sent me. That's what we shoot. Yes, yeah. I feel I, I but, definitely feel you on that one. But like up there where you know, a spoonie gets such a bad rap, but you know, I know Shark, you witnessed it. That's the smartest thing in Northeast Arkansas. There's a, a spoon. Uh, gun. You, you don't even pick a duck. Don't, don't fit, even pick yeah. A, yeah. You know, don't even pick a duck call up. He's a, you know, we call it the spoony flyby. And the only way, the only time we ever uh, 
really get on a good spoony shoot is uh, when we're froze. When we freeze, when we freeze up, and we got that that Higdon ice blaster out there running, if anything gets up and flies around, we call it the spoony jacuzzi. That pony <laughs> is a su- <laughs> that pony is a sucker for that ice blaster. <laughs> I mean, he's he, he's gonna come. <laughs> like I I had some guys. It was last week of January when we were so cold, Shark. And yeah. I, and, I, and, I, and I sat there and told him. I said, Please. it was last week. And I told him, I said, look here. I said, any spoonies get up and fly by? I said, they're going to be right here in our face in about 30 seconds, 10 seconds. They said, ain't no way. I said, that's the spoonie jacuzzi. We wasn't in the blind 10 minutes. And uh, I looked out and I said, there's some ducks. I said, oh, they spoonies. I said, y'all better get ready. I said, what, y'all? I said, y'all better get ready. I said, they coming, coming, coming. I said, and I rolled top to kill them. And they was like, they was like, do what? You know, and they was a mile high, you know, when they come by. I said, they coming. <laughs> and they, they locked their wings and right in the face, they got, they said, I yeah. would never believe that. I said, just wait. 30, in, less, in, a, in less than an hour, we had 24 of them sometimes laying there. It's funny that you say that because we hunted one of those. I think it was that the first big ice day we had in January where it locked up like real cold was that first one. And we we kind of had some specks and snows kind of keeping a small little spot open beside uh, one of the spots where like a big roost was a couple miles, like a mile away or so like that. And we were sitting there. And I hopped out of the layouts, get use the restroom, and all of a sudden I heard that noise, and I look up, and it's a group of ten or twelve spoonies. I mean, they buzz those guys, and I, I, I'd lay down and say, "Shoot them, you know, shoot them," because they were right in the decoys. They didn't even see them. I mean, like you said, they just buzzed them real quick and gone. That, that, that then spoonies, then spoonies that come that when it's froze and they still around and they get up and fly. If they sit there and they see that that water boiling, I don't know how many times I've ever gone out there uh, to refill the generators and uh, all that, and I would literally walk up there and they would be sitting there in the boiling water. The water would just be boiling all around them, and they'd just be sitting there. And I and I, I'd run them off. You know, what things I got to the pit field to get, and before I could ever, they'd come back and land in it again while I was still standing there. Yeah. Do you ever get clients that are kind of like duck snobs that don't want to shoot them? Yeah. I know we, we do have some, you know, but, you know, the thing about up there where we are, you know, now, if I were to go to the South Louisiana or something like that, if I had a big old Hollywood spoon, I ain't going to shoot them because I ain't going to eat them. Yeah. Come, go, to, go to Florida, I ain't going to shoot them because I ain't going to eat them. But up there where we at... Um, I had some guys from Jacksonville, Florida who used to come hunting with us. They were older guys. Every one of them shot 20 gauges. And they wanted to shoot the spoons up there where we at. Because yeah. he said, he said, Clint, he said, I, we, want, we want 24 spoons. I said, what about 24 tail? He said, I'd rather have 24 spoons. Up here, he said, they taste, he said, they taste identical to the teal up here. But I got a bigger breast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though when we shoot down here in Louisiana, if we shoot them in the rice fields and in the rice pits, I mean they still eat they're, good. They're they're clean. They're clean. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, that that's the biggest thing. They're clean where they they've been eating grain. You know, they ain't out there eating snails and, and 
miniature crawfish and whatever, all the other invertebrates that they, they sift up, you know? Yeah. Those spoonies are staying on the rice. Those mallards are bouncing between everything, you know? Mallards that's on right. it, it's got a little bit of water on it, and they're eating everything that's in it. That's it. Back home, I've, I've seen a mallard eat a bullfrog. Uh, yeah, that's an invertebrate. I mean, well, yeah. it's not really an invertebrate, but it, it's it's a invertebrate. You know? Yeah, I, I've, I've I've killed a mallard before and had a dang uh, miners cone ivory strike. Yeah, you know, yep. got there and pick it up. What where is this? And it's a dang fish in his mouth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, all of them gonna eat. You know, whatever. You know. I know somebody uh, back here that, that that used to bake it used to bake his fish pond. You know what was eating it? Hooded McGanthers. <laughs> was eating them. everything to eat corn. You know, yeah. You know, coyotes eat corn, everything eat corn. Yeah. But them 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 hooded McGansers was eating him out of house of home and, and they was pouring corn in his pond. That's what they was eating. Really? I have a buddy back in North Carolina and Stump knows him pretty well. Uh, man, he he swears by hood. He likes to eat them hood McGansers. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, he's yeah, a they, they from must, Michigan. He's a northerner, so you can't you know you can't hold it too much against them. They're not right up there. But I'm like, he but, must he must fillet that some bitch out and, and beat it with a mallet and fry it and eat him a fish sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you'd have to soak that thing in Dales for like two weeks. <laughs> well, I don't know how much you soak that. Uh, hey, you so, know what? I can walk. I can walk out here and pick my dog's turd up out here out of the yard <laughs> and inject it with Dale's and throw it on the grill. Guess what it's going to taste like? That big answer. <laughs> no, you, you, you put enough Dale's on it on anything, it's going to taste like Dale's. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I happen. I happen to like Dale's, but yeah, I, I do like Dale's. Right. I just can't use it. I, I can't. I really can't use it around here because my wife can't eat a bunch of salt, and it's got so much salt in it. Yeah. So for for the, for the viewers um, that don't know Clint, or they've seen Clint, a little bit of Clint on, on Instagram and um, the, the book of the face, and I, we talk about this outdoorsmen or cooks. And you know, I've been I watching. I, yeah, I've been watching I, you lately, and you've been getting down on uh, 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 on cooking. And you know, so you know, I teach my boys how to cook, and I think it, I think it's real important for outdoorsmen to be, you know, and, and like we said about respect, respect the game that we take, to know how to process it, know how to cook it, know how to you know serve it to our family, right. I, I agree with that. You know, I, I'm a, I, if you see me kill or catch anything, I'm eating it. Yeah. You know, now, do I give some of it away? Absolutely. I do. But you know what, what has happened to it? If I do give it away, it's clean. Yes. I don't know. I don't know how many feet crappy I've ever gave away in my lifetime, but when I give them away, it ain't nothing but fillets with no bones in them and a ziplock bag. Yes. And that's just being an ambassador of the outdoors, of, of teaching other people that, you know, this we're not out here just killing these these animals. We're we're respecting them respecting them and, and to me, the utmost respect is, you know, putting them on the table and enjoying them with our family and our friends. 
You know, one of my favorite things in the world is a speck of LED. You know, yeah. and like right now, you know, living in pretty rough time right now. My my wife's mother's living with us, and she has some dementia. And so we have a sitter coming with every day to stay with her while me and my wife goes to work. And uh, and I, I, I'm going to say she's one of them old tree huggers. <laughs> uh, and today, you know, just so happened today, we I never get to watch any TV. So I go in there, my my son's in there on the couch. I said, give me that TV remote. I'm eating my lunch. And I turn it on the Sportsman Channel or the Outdoor Channel or something like that. And, and um, what well, a deer hunt, you know. Well, here she, here's this lady comes, and, and uh, which I don't care what she does, you know, she, she She's taking care of my mother-in-law, and that's that's her job. Yeah. And uh, she sits here and she looks, and her and her mouth drops open, and, and she puts her hands over her face. Right down. Oh, we got a train coming. We got hold. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that that part's got to get edited out. Oh, that's funny. I, I I live right next to a train, and usually it's me, and everyone's laughing at me. Well, I I I, I wonder if I live closer than you. <laughs> now, yeah, yeah, mine's about a hundred meters. hundred meters? Well, that'd be close to hundred meters is hundred and nine yards, so we about tip for tap. Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, we can cut all this this shit right here out. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, you're good. You're, you know, it, it, you know, it, it makes for good for, for good for good viewing. We're, we're, we're real people but, but, with real lives. But she comes in there and she just, I'm sitting there eating. I cooked chicken wings last night. So I'm sitting there eating my chicken wings and this old dude deer hunting, you know, he just smashes the son of a gun, you know. She said, I can't believe that you're sitting there. Y'all can watch this right here while you eat. And I look her straight in the eye. I said, I eat that. That's what I told her. Yeah. And then, then she walks away and she comes back in there and every time they face me, kill, she just turns, she's sitting in the chair and she just turns her head sideways and puts her hands over her mouth. And, and then <clears throat> Wyatt's got his first beer hanging on the wall and it's a dope. Yeah. And uh, and she says, well, whose is that one right there? I said, that's Wyatt's first beer. Well, that's a mama deer. <laughs> and my 13 year old, he said, no. She was a mama dear. She was a mama dear. But, you know, people don't well, realize, like, well, did, go to a slaughterhouse. And, and she said, them babies died. She said, her babies died. She said, them, them babies died. And I said, them babies ain't died. Why? Well, I said, I killed that at Mr. Dan's house. So she said, he said, I promise you that them babies are still alive. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Even yeah. when, when we shoot them, we're taking the utmost respect, humane way. If you go to a slaughterhouse, they treat those animals, you know, oh, like yeah, yeah factory yeah. farming is yeah. is horrible yeah. on animals. Whereas hunters know, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, know so, what they want to kill and how to kill it ethically. <laughs> right, right. You know, they, go to a chicken house. Go to a chicken processing place. They they get killed either one or two ways. Mm-hmm. They gonna go. They they gonna get strung up by the feet, and they are gonna go down the conveyor belt. And the head's gonna get cut off, or they gonna get strung up by the feet, and they are gonna get run down to the line, and they are gonna get electrocuted. Yeah, that's how them chickens. That's how them chickens die. You know, a big processing house. You know, which the big processing house don't use bullets no more. You know, they just knock them in the head. Yeah, they, they shoot them. 
Well, they used to use yeah. a, a bump gun, a, a little twenty-two. Well, back then, uh, like the what the no the no country oh, a, full bed thing. You know what I'm talking they, about? They, they got they, they got a big old they got an air plunger thing now. You know, not the old one. Yeah. You know, and then and some of them, um, they used to, you know they used to be out there with a guy with a dang a sledgehammer swinging a sledgehammer hit him right between the eyes. You know. Yeah. Knock uh, him in the head. When uh, I tell people, outdoorsmen are the are the tr- are the true tree huggers because we respect right, but everything about the nature. We respect a, the a, animal. A, a, a true outdoorsman. Yeah, a true outdoorsman. Po- not not talking about poachers or nothing like that. Yes, you know, yes, yeah. I've known some of the biggest biggest ruggish poachers in the world. You know. Yeah. Um, but they. If it wasn't for hunters, there wouldn't be no conservation, none no. whatsoever. If it, if I, it wasn't for hunt, if it wasn't for hunters, there wouldn't be no ducks unlimited, no delta waterfowl, but, no NWTF, no quality care management. What I hate, Clint, is one of our senators is trying to get rid of the Robertson Pittman Act, which is eleven, which is eleven percent of all sales on uh, firearms, ammunition, and all recreational goods that goes towards conservation. Yeah, you know they sit there and think, leave it all alone, and and it will just flourish. Well, guess what happens when a deer herd flourishes? They go, they gonna be eating your mama's flowers. They gonna be eating in your nursery. Yep. And then next thing you know, the population grows and grows and grows. Car wrecks. You know, I know people are being killed by deer. You know, car wrecks. The insurance rate in Atlanta's gone up because of right. deer, because of accidents. You know, I mean, the population in the city is absurd. You've seen those pictures in GON of those ones in like Fulton County and stuff like that.
they have a they they have destroyed the breeding grounds. Right. Yeah, you know, if they want, if they want to do, you know, if they want to limit the snow goose population, sit there and send me and some of my buddies up there to the to the breeding grounds where track trailer load of shotgun shells. I got there shooting <laughs> off nest. I got there shooting off nest and pump eggs. Yeah, and let me let me do that for about two years and and watch what happens. That thunder's going to re, going to rejuvenate itself. You know, yeah, they're, they're saying if you take half the population of snow geese in the world right now and got rid of them, it would just start to be a somewhat manageable population. What's and, what's? And, go ahead, Clint. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Charles. I was going to say what's scary is when we look at it, majority of that population is adults. So what happens when those adults are gone, you know, and they've ruined their breeding grounds? I think we're going to see a a shift in in snow geese population, you know, (laughs) they live longer, you know, but most are not longer, but live pretty long. You know, well, a bird lives forever anyway. You know, if you want a pet that's going to live forever, you know, you ain't got to worry about putting sleep or whatever. Go buy you a pair. You know, a pair. A parrot's gonna live 25, 30, 40 years. You know, or a turtle. You know, you want something that's gonna live a hundred years? Go buy you a turtle. <laughs> I mean, the, the bird, bird, birds have a long life. If you know what happens to predators, you get more dang of our waterfowl, especially them hens. You know, and I'm sure you have seen it, shark. Like the pintail population is just exploded. You know, we can't kill but one. Yeah, but and drakes, it, a lot of drakes. But, a lot of drakes. But that is correct. Now, when I first started seeing pintails courting and all this, it would be three or four drakes in one hand. And harassing the crap out of her. Harassing the crap. That's right. Three, three or four drakes in a hand. Now it's nothing to see. 20 drakes in one hand. The reason why there ain't no hens, all them drakes, them drakes are killing them hens. I don't yeah. care what nobody says. I don't care what nobody says. Them drakes will drown that hen. They so many of them that they trying to breed that one hen, trying to get that be her mate, and they'll kill that hen. You know, I don't know how many groups of, of 20 to 30 drakes to one hen. The- it was really... It was really bad when that course ship flies. You know, they fly erratic as all get out. And y- y'all probably don't get to see it down there in South Louisiana because they already been hitting Move the back up. They didn't hit the reverse migration and come back up here to us. And that one little hen, she's up there doing it, and all you can hear is them drakes. And they're twisting and darting and look like teal. And, I mean, they fly just so erratic. They'll be from... 500 feet in the dang air, 1,000 feet in the air to two feet off the water in two seconds where she's trying all she can to get away from them. You know, I wish they would raise the pintail limit to three drakes only. Yep. Yeah. But, 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 but they ain't going to do that because, you know, the people in the Dakotas or uh, even us in November, you know, when a lot of times it's hard to distinguish the drakes and the hens. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's funny you say that because, in, but in can you look at Canada when in, in that right. early August timber season they're shooting what thing eight 
Oh, don't, don't even get me started on Canada. You can go yeah. out there and kill eight. You can go out there and kill eight milers, and every one of them gonna be a hen. Yeah. So I understand that. And then I was talking to you know we we've had um Ramsey Russell on the show quite a bit. You know, great guy. Um, I can't say world waterfowler. You know. Yeah, I mean, I can't say enough great things about him in conservation. But you know, we're talking about in Mexico where he's hunting, and you know, the limit's thirteen pintails there. Well, those are the same pintails that we're shooting in my home state of um, California in that Pacific Highway, where you know we can only shoot one. Um, or, or, or in Texas. Yeah. So I have a story about my grand, my great grandfather. You know, I got to tell everyone, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a fourth generation waterfowl here in the U.S. My great grandfather was a was a market hunter on the West Coast. And like the early night, he's ain't he's ain't the heyday. Oh yeah, I'll send you pictures, Clint, of him with just nothing but pintails. And I remember, you know, something he told me. And my father, I was real young, and we're walking out to the blind, and we're flushing up mallards. And he told he, you know, he was you know he, he was a rough guy, rough Italian guy. Do not shoot the effing mallards. We're gonna wait. We're only shooting pintails because because they was on that point system. Yeah, pintails worth ten. Pintails worth ten points, and the mallards probably worth twenty five each points. Yeah. So I mean, back in the day, in like the early forties, the pintail limit in California was eleven. Wow. Eleven pintails. But you know, it goes back to the, all the flyways difference. You know, yes. Now, now on the Atlantic flyway, you can't kill with three miles. I wish we only had three milers in the um, in the Mississippi flyway. And then, I wish we only had four ducks. I don't mind the sixty day season. You know, give me four ducks, sixty days. The hunting's going to get so much better. One thing is, people want to say, "I ain't going to pay ten thousand dollars for this for a field." When I can't hunt, but uh, I can't kill four ducks. Well, guess what? You ain't gonna kill four ducks out of that sum per man every day. No way. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't gonna happen. Anytime I get double digits laid on my box, as soon as I hit that ten mark, that's a good day. If I get uh, if I get twelve, if I get twelve ducks, I got four guys in there shooting. That's a half a limit. That's three birds of peace. That's so, a good day. What do you it's think has changed day. all the perspective for this, Clint? Like, I, I'm really glad we got to do this, this second one. For viewers that don't know, Clint's first episode, great episode, but it got, um, what did what the system say? It got uh, corrupted. Hey, my, my wife sat there and, and, and was giving me some uh, information to give y'all and, and about that right there. What, what was y'all using and all that? So we, we had to talk on the phone about that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that because yeah, she's probably yeah, lost. All of us are about that stuff. Right. But, but she said that ain't that ain't the first time it's happened. My son, my son said and said, "You need to do this." I mean, my thirteen-year-old pretty savvy on that stuff. Yeah. But you know, everyone talking you know, and you know, yes, I like killing birds. I mean, I grew up. This is what who, who, who don't who, who don't, but. Do you think Instagram and YouTube and all this is, you know, I call it the pornography of waterfowl, where we've altered people's mind of what a good day of hunting is? Social media has really, social media has destroyed everything. Everything. 
the whole country gone shit because social media. I mean, yeah. I ain't scared to say it. You know, am I on social media? Absolutely. I sit there and get on there and read. Yep. You know, but they some people get on there and worried about some damn comments. They read all, every comment that somebody has to make. You know, I don't do that. I sit there. If I see something I, I like, I hit the old like button. I love the button or, or I might make a comment, but I don't sit there and go through what is everybody seeing? We were trying to make a, po- a positive impact of, of the world through social media. You know, and, but, um, I won't, you know, it's like how everybody says that, um, the Mississippi flyway has shifted to Kansas, Oklahoma, North Texas, all them matters over. All right. Number one thing is that is the central flyway. Them ducks have been over there since God created earth. Yes, that man. Is central flyway. The ducks have not shifted that way. We have to have weather to get them to where we are. Social media is fishing to destroy. They fishing to get like Arkansas is now. I'm going. To, I'm just throwing it out there. Because a social media, oh golly, look what they're killing over here! Look, 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 look! Mm. More, more, more people. I, I want all them people that's been coming to Arkansas for years and years and years. Because I'm gonna tell you what: in the '90s, when I started hunting in Arkansas, I was a paying person. I went out there and went hunting. It was three ducks, thirty days. You could go out there and go hunting. It didn't matter how hot it was or how cold it was. You could look in the sky and there was birds in there. If it was, I've been out there and it was 10 degrees. Ice, six inches thick, wasn't going to kill a thing. You could look in the air and you would see ducks. It gets 26 degrees right now. You can look up there and ain't going to see nothing but blue bird skies. <laughs> Now, I might not would have killed them ducks back in the 90s, you know, but I could look up and see the air was full. Yeah. There was no, there was no hunting pressure. None. The worst thing, you know, I'm glad Arkansas changed it back a little bit this year. Worst thing they ever did was someday, we're going to bring spec season in October 31st and we're going to run it all the way to, you know, Spec season used to run with duck season. Yeah, I, I was about to ask you about that because I, I like it. I'm glad the birds get some rest. You know, because when you when you show up opening day uh, the day before duck season, and you standing out there or two days before duck season, and you standing out there right at dark, and you see this big massive wad of ducks lift up from somewhere, and they going to the field to feed because they're scared to death they're gonna get shot at. They done been getting shot at. Even though it's not duck season, they're not getting shot at. They're still hearing they're still, it. That's you go. You know, and I sat there and said, y'all, you know, people say, well, it's spec season. Let's go get them. Let's go get them. Well, where do they go? They're going to their duck field. Shark. <clears throat> yeah. And um, they're going to their duck fields. Oh, we ain't, we ain't messing with them ducks. We're, we're not disturbing our ducks. The ducks are going down there to the water. We're standing up here on the dry ground. Well, guess what? Them ducks sitting there here, and you shoot. Mm-hmm. Let the wind let let the wind shift around. Well, where'd all our ducks go? Well, it looks like a rocket scientist figured out. You didn't run them off. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm happy. Big, big I'm big happy big. with this change. I, I like big, big. it. I I didn't think they're big, big. they're putting it in this year. I thought it was going to be next. I think it's this year. We're going to go back to three specs, you know, which you know, I, I would just assume it next season, go with duck season, two specs. I don't care. You know, you can't hardly kill them over water. No way. I don't think I hunt is over water. And it's going to make, yeah. you know, it's, you know, then you got all these goose hunters out there, which is this right here is another thing. <laughs> you know, they got to see, make them pile pictures and see who's got, who's got the bigger <laughs> winger. You know, they they going out there with these big old cattle blinds and and they putting up these panels that's 40, 50, 100, 120 feet long, putting 30 guns behind it. They got to kill 60. You know, and they're shooting in these groups of geese that are three or 400 apiece. Just you know, educating them. Educating every one of them. And you know what? And I'm going to say this because you know, I, I have some real good buddies down here that – that are um, guides, and I you know and, I, you and, know, and, I, and down there where y'all are, the spec hunting is getting tougher and tougher. And yeah, tougher. because we're not having no, we're not having as much weather. Same way with our duck hunting, and our goose hunting. Pretty, you mm-hmm. know, if you got them around, you can sit there and do okay on them. But you got to have weather to push birds. You yeah. have to have weather. And they're getting smarter yeah. when they get down here. If you don't get weather, right. it gets stale, and they get smart. I've, they got an, you they see that? No, no, one thing is, no, one thing, we, we're only, you know, we're only hunting adult birds. Yeah. Right back, go, go right back to Canada. People got to go to Canada. They got to go hunt on dry ground. They got to put out 20 spinners to hunt over, to hunt, to shoot them off the nest. Well, them little old juveniles, you know, they get up, you know, they're suckers for, for a spinner. Suckers it's for. like teal season, you know, teal season, you get those early birds, the same thing up in Canada. It's those hatchier birds. They see that flash and it's just whew, suck right in. And you see, I'm no, I'm no biologist. Well, I'm just, you know, I'm a big dummy that just likes to duck hunt. But why I, should, Canada should have the same regulations we do down here. Why don't Mexico? It's the Migratory Bird Treaty Act. Treaty Act, yes. There's three countries so, that it belongs to. That is correct. You know, I can go out there to Canada, I can kill eight mallards, every single one of them can be a hen. You know the reason why? Because you can't tell the damn difference between drakes and the hens. Well, what do you got when you go up there and shoot them? Well, I got me a pile of ducks, you know. Well, guess what? If you go to Mexico and kill that pile of ducks, you can't bring them back into this country. <laughs> Yeah, because they're they are a quarantine country down there. If yep. somebody goes down, if somebody goes down there and kills a beautiful blue winged teal, I cannot mount that duck. Really, I am not a I am not a USDA processing facility uh, taxidermist. Really, uh, I did not know that. <laughs> you are correct. I, I'm telling you the facts. Yeah, I believe I would be clear. I 100% believe you. know, and they sit there and say because all the diseases that the that the birds carry, you know, it come back and, and influx our poultry population, which Georgia knows it was, I don't know if it still is, was the world's largest poultry producing state. It is. The country's biggest producing state. And they said it just wipe it out. Well, guess what? The bird flu. Bird flu has wreaked havoc on chicken houses this year. Unbelievable. Yeah. You know, all over the whole country, you know, bird, yeah. bird flu, bird flu. 
Well, guess what? That dang duck has then flew from Toronto all the way to Baja, Mexico, and then flew all the way back. What's the difference in, in some hunter go down and kill that duck, and then he brings it back to here, and, and, and I'm out and dispose of the carcass and all that, you know. But you know, I got to be a, a processing facility. It's money. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You know it's... I know, and, 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 and probably whenever this crap airs, I'm trying to need to cut this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we but, talked yeah, about... I mean, it, 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 it's, but that's the way it... It is. I mean, he's like, yeah. They, they, these ducks fly from North Canada. Now, where where the birds come from that actually winters in Mexico? I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure some of them come from Canada. I know them daggum, um, them Pacific brants that they dang kill down there. Yeah. And they kill all them. They kill all them bands. Them some bitches come from Alaska. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, I was just, yeah. You know, they, they, they ain't going to sit there and Oh, we're gonna fly all the way to Hawaii and fly by cross. Well, guess what? Hawaii's the United States. You know. So now, well, well, some of them leave Alaska and fly nonstop all the way down there. Absolutely, they will. Yep, 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 yep. Well, that's like that stuff about Canada. Certain zones this year, you can't bring waterfowl back into the United States. Well, right. aren't you gonna fly? Aren't they gonna fly? Like, what's the difference, you know? Aren't those birds going to fly down there? What's the difference between, oh, are they just not going to carry it when they fly across the border rather than being transported in a cooler? Some of the stuff just doesn't, doesn't make... It doesn't make sense. But you know, you, 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 just like, like Clint said, what's the difference between what Clint's doing and what an FDA-paid taxidermist is doing? Because he pays the government... Yeah, because they pay the government a fee. <laughs> And I could, I could be wrong, right? I mean, I, I, I really don't know. I mean, I, all I know is, is, them, birds, them, is them, them, yeah. them birds, them birds, winter north. I mean, summer north of here, they nest up there. They and then they, when it gets cold, snow cover, the amount of sunlight. You know, more ducks come on sunlight than they do today due to the cold anymore. You know, yeah. you got to have cold. You ain't got to just have cold. You have to have snow cover. Yes. Because it can get cold as it can be. and But when it gets cold, there's still open water. Power plant, rivers, this and that. Well, them ducks walk out there and feed on them dry cornfields like it is no tomorrow. Yes. Go to Canada. What, what are they eating in Canada? They ain't hunting over water in Canada. Yeah. Well, fields, they got they are there barley and peas. It's what they hunt. Dry ground. Them, duck, them ducks walk around on dry ground like you, you shooting doves. You know. <laughs> we, me and I, was it you? I mean, I, I talk duck hunting all the dang time. I, I think I was talking to you, um, Sharp, today when we were talking about Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, I, the, yeah, I was hunting in, in corn in Nebraska. And I know, you know, some people get all, you know, bent out of shape about corn. But I mean, it was this mid. I mean, when those duck, they seen the corn and they wanted the corn and they were going to go in the corn, and it was frozen corn, but they still went in the corn. But but uh, I think he left. 
I think we lost him. Let me get him back. Uh, hey, one thing before we go on this show, I do want to do. Let's ask him the three do's and don'ts bringing stuff to a taxidermist. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Get the Hey, y'all got me? Yep, we got you. I, I'm sorry. My, my sister just sat there and called, and I went to hit the decline button, and it went straight to her. And it, oh, not a problem. Not a problem. So, but yeah, I mean, that everybody feeding them ducks, you know, farming for wildlife, as they call it. Yeah. I get that. I mean, you got, but one of the problems with a lot of this farming for wildlife is they're not farming for wildlife. They're farming for them a place to hunt. And the ducks ain't got nowhere to rest. Yeah. A duck's, a duck's got to have somewhere to rest. Whatever, you know, do we have too many refuges and this and that? Yeah. But these people go plant all that corn way up north. Okay. Well, they plant it for the ducks to eat, which is a good thing. And then the ducks still got all them refuges to go to. So what do they do? They go shut on them refuges in the daytime. As soon as it gets nighttime, it's time to go eat, boys. Yeah. We got all the feed we we got all the feed we want to feed. And that and some of those refugees yeah, have heated ponds. Well, all it takes is a daggone blaster. Yeah. It ain't heated. All you gotta have some you know, uh keep that water open. Yeah. You know, you know, some, some of them them clubs and this right, you know, they got power. You know, yeah. they, they ain't feeding gas. You know, they got electricity. Yeah. And they, they got air, sit, air tending them some guns out there. Well, I'll say oh. uh, DeSantos uh, Refuge in Nor- uh, Nebraska. We went and some of those big, I, mean, I have pictures and videos of it. Some of them, I mean, it's, it's a no-hunt refuge, but it had four of their major ponds, which, you know, they call them ponds, but they're, they're almost, they're big lakes. Had power. And then you, you I mean you can see the ice eaters and you know they're keeping those holes open wide for up. yeah wide, for thousands of birds. And Disrupt, it's, disrupting, that, it's disrupting the migration. Right, yeah. that's what I was about to ask. So should that spot be frozen up at that time and get birds out, but with them having those ice I mean, it, it's 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 mid, it, it's mid-December. DeSanto's refuge is one hour away from the Dakotas. You know, it needs to let God do what God needs to do. Yeah. You know, that, that bar none, you know. Twentieth uh, of January, guess what? Reverse migration. You ain't got you ain't got a pintail or hardly nothing left down there by you, Joe. Oh yeah. Guess where wow. guess where guess where they're at? Northeast <laughs> Arkansas. Yep. Just so happened just so happened this year, that last week was phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. You know, we had to reverse migration. We was froze up. We, you know, it didn't have it didn't have a bunch of weather to the north. All of it clashed. 
right there over top of us. Yeah. And I mean, it was phenomenal. Yeah. You know, and, but no, we got to have weather, you know, which we got daylight ducks, you know, them daylight yeah. ducks, they going to, they going to come, they going to be down there. They going to be down there at you opening day. And it don't matter what. It'd be 80 degrees, and you down there swatting skaters or swatting teal. You don't know which one you do. Yeah. Oh, uh, they a lot. Yeah. Well, this year during teal season, we had, we had pintails down here. You probably fishing. You should have some blue wings start showing up right now. No, no, no. I, I've already seen the first flight of blue wings down here already. So That's right. You know, blue that right there, them blue wings ain't got a damn thing to do with no weather. Yeah. It, it, it knows 100 degrees. And I'll go ahead and tell you right now, every single one of them are drakes. Yep. Every yep. one of them does. All because the drakes, no, yeah. Or there there's, no possible, there, there's no possible way, you know, it's a drake that didn't get mounted, that didn't pair up with a hen. There's no possible way that them drakes can be in Arkansas, April and May. Just go to the pothole region. With their mate, build a nest, mate, she lays out a clutch of eggs, and they be back, and, and them, them babies hatch, get big enough to fly their asses back to Louisiana right now. Yeah. In two months. It ain't going to happen. Every one of them are great. Yeah. You know, you know we, we all better kill all the drakes we can kill. No yeah. hens. Now, when them teal come in there, dang daylight, I mean, you can't, you can't tell. You just go to shoot them. Yeah. But I will tell you this. But I will tell you this. About 85 to 90% of them green wings that we kill, every one of them are drakes. Yeah. yeah. Sharp, sharp, do you agree with me on that? I agree with you. Once, like, it's hard, like you said. On the wing, a lot of times when they're moving and grooving over the field, it's hard to tell what they are. But after you shoot into a volley and you go pick up, it's primarily drakes. It's primarily drakes. Hey there, right there. Hold on a second. My mama's safe to go home. Okay. Get that big one right there. Take it with you. I'm I'm still on my podcast. I'm sorry, mom. But. They're all drakes. It ain't. I mean, do I kill some hens on them teal? Absolutely. You know, and I got some guys that, you know, we'll be killing some ducks or we, we, we won't have many ducks or whatever. And I get a mallard hen in there. I say, hey, guys. I said, y'all want to let her go? I said, we got a nice strap of ducks. Let's let her go. We don't need to shoot her. Uh, and some of them say, well, we want to shoot her. And I'm saying, you know what my reply to them is? That's if we kill her, that's eight less ducks for next year. Eight. And and then all of a sudden dinner bell goes off. What? Yep, we killed that hen. That's eight less for next year. That's one thing I've been doing is when I go out on my my little personal hunts and stuff like that, I just try to I try to shoot drakes. You know, I've gotten to a point now where it's not always just about shooting ducks. You know, I love just the whole aspect. I, of I ain't mad. At, I, ain't, I ain't mad at them no more. No, it's, right. it, it's fun. It's fun just to, I mean, I get the same amount of enjoyment letting them sit in the hole, watching them, you know, fully. Yeah. 
And then especially when, when it comes uh, later in the season in Arkansas and you start getting those pretty birds in January, like you were talking about. Oh man, it's fun. Just you said, you, drakes. It's you said, you, said it, you, you go, you go looking for that Hollywood pony when they do start doing fly by. Oh, yeah. you, know, you, you know, you look for that sun gun that's glowing like a light bulb out there. Exactly. Oh, I'm going to get that. Right. I'm going to get that one. Those those bluebird days, those those Hollywoods, they the Drakes, they pop, they pop right. coming over the water. You know, and when we got clouds and all that, and I mean, it's it's hard for us to kill ducks. You know, they, it might be easier for for Joe to kill ducks in the clouds. I want I want a I want a uh, thirty two in the morning, fifty five in the evening, fifteen out of the south with sun. So- Yes. I want that every day. That's what I want. That's about the same we want down here. We want a sunny, about 40 degree. Um, and if you're hunting the rice fields, you want a south wind. If you're hunting the refuges, you want a north wind. And that's just because all of our refuges are in my area or south of the rice fields. So a north wind to push them out is the rice fields. Guys are hunting the rice fields. They want a south wind to push them out of the rice fields, out of the refuges. So no matter what where you're hunting, you still want about a 40-degree bluebird clear day. Now, back home when I was in California, we wanted fog. Right. I love hunting in the fog. Yeah, but I wanted of, fog. But, but most of the time when we have fog, there's zero, zero wind. Yeah. And when zero wind on a sheet on sheet water, whoo, that's a tough one. It's, don't even think about calling at the geese. <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that. But don't, don't sit there. Don't sit there and tell me that now, Shark. That's one of my favorite day shoots back. See, you we let me have a good day like me, that. You let, you we did have a day like that, Shark, in the fall. If it's if low, it's if it's if you got good it, like it, fog low, I mean, now I, it's overcast. I, I, I'm, I'm, talk, I, I'm talking about fog that you know. Okay, you okay. okay. You talking about you can't see outside your decoys. Yeah, that's the fog. That's the fog I'm talking about. Okay. I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna blow my duck call all morning, and you better not let me hear a speck. I don't care. If, let me hear him. I'm gonna put him in your face. Face. Yeah. I will. I'll, I'll agree on that. If if they can't see you and they're once they're relying on that sound, that's when you get those that, specs. I mean, yeah. but it, 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 but you're but you're only going. You know, them geese ain't gonna fly in that fog. The ducks will fly in the fog, but you can't see them. Yeah, so yeah. You cannot. You can't see them. So you just sit there and just blow. You know, just, I just stay on the troll, duck call. Troll for them. Right. Just sit there and stay on the duck call. And next time, thing yeah. you know, you say like kill them. Because they they just gonna appear out of nowhere. Yeah. Now, Clint, before before we wrap it up, well, we were talking earlier. Me, you, and Sharp, you know, we're all rice field hunters, pit hunters, rice field hunters, and you know, I love it. You know, people talk to me. I that's where I cut my teeth at. Is to keep rice fields in Northern California, and um. You know, I think sometimes the rice fields get underestimated or you know not talked about when it comes you know to waterfowl hunters. You know, everyone everyone talks about the open waters, big lakes. They talk about you know the green timber, which is all great, 
I love hunting timber. I'm not a real big a fan of hunting the open water lakes. That's just I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll do it. This is not my my thing or my style. But for the guys that are hunting these rice seals, the guys that are getting you know, you know, they're getting into the leases. They want you know, they want some to dabble in the pits. What are some you know tips, tricks, or things that you've noticed weather wise or or climate wise that helps you have a good day or a better day in those uh, rice fields. Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, Joe, if I could write a book and say, this is days I'm going to go hunting. This is days I ain't going to go hunting. I'll be a day and, and I could get it right. I'd be a millionaire. Because, <laughs> because the day, some days, I mean, I have, it happened to me last year. I laid there in the bed and could not sleep all night long. So excited to go to hunting next morning. I said, it's going to be the day. I said, I, I can't sleep. And I told her, I said, I can't sleep. And uh, and I go, and I kill four or five. Yeah. And, and, and I was like, and just come back in, just beat up, you know, if I ever do post a picture, which I don't post many pictures anymore, you know, and and I post these pictures with these, these nice big piles or a big old strap or, or, you know, something like that. That's the easiest days I ever have in my life. The easiest. Yeah. You don't, you don't see me no post no pictures with twos and threes and fours, fives, or zeros. You know, it's hunting. I mean, I I can't control it. Yeah. The reason why I, the reason why I love to feel so much is one thing is variety. Yeah. Another another thing is a speckleberry. Oh yeah. I, I'm I know I'm not gonna sit there and say I, I I'm not gonna be able to kill a speck in the woods. You know, but that, you know it's my heart. You know, the teals, the green wing teal on my heart. You know that that's that that's my two things is, is yeah. the heel and and that's do I, do I love to go shoot a, a strap of green heads in the woods somewhere. Have I ever done it? Yep, I've done it. But I ain't no way in the world you catch me going no public ground <laughs> trying to do that. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, 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 I, I ain't getting killed over no duck. No, when people started lining up four or five days before duck season camp out, so they can be the first boat line. No. Over yeah. a hook. They didn't they smoking the wrong stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that has a lot to do with maturity, Clint. A maturity of a duck hunter and you know I'll say when I was like, twenty before I, think, I was like that. I don't think it's just as much maturity. You know, I, I know I mean people my age going to doing that crap. Yeah. You know, like why? Yeah, and you know, and, and, you know what changed my duck hunting the most was kids. Watching my kids do it right, and, really and, changed and the they, way I, I, I thought about what a good day was. Yeah, I mean, a good day, you know, a half a limit is a great day. A half a minute. I mean, it, it, and then you sit there and, and throw you a couple of specs in there with it. I mean, that's, I mean, then, then you really had a great day. Yeah, you know because it didn't got where we it, it's a struggle, and I'm pretty good on a spec call. You know, I ain't saying I'm a best or nothing, but I'm pretty good. And, I mean, I'm definitely and, I'll, and, I'll vouch for you. 
I'll vouch for it. And them specs, they see a dang duck decoy and that over that water. Bye, Felicia. Mm. You know, and, and Sharpie, you might sit there and disagree with me. I mean, you, we hunt in the same area, but if, especially if they I say a white decoy. Groups, big groups, yes. You can pull those onesie twosies, you know, who are looking for friends, but big groups, you got those decoys out there. Bye, Felicia. If they come up, they come over a duck decoy, especially a duck decoy that's got white in it. A pintail, a spoonie, anything's got white in it, bye. They gone. And, and they will flare up at 300 yards high and 300 yards out. And you'll hear them sit there and say, nah, 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 nah. and as soon as you hear that, nah, 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 they going yeah. straight up. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And, and, and if they straight up and they low enough to shoot, and you see that you hear that, nah, 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 you better be shooting. Yeah, they're not to coming back. They will. They ain't coming back. Which I had a pretty good spec year last year, you know. Yeah. Fact, I posted I posted a picture today, you know. It was, and and we go back to talking about shooting these big groups. And I know we're going way over, so we need to cut this stuff and, and go ahead and do two shows for y'all. I'm fine with that because we got oh, way off the topic. I can have you on every week. We got way off the topic on the damn. That's fine. We ain't even talked about the damn tax. <laughs> that's the next episode. But y'all, this is yeah. what people need to hear. But you know, we I see all these geese in our in one of our fields, so. I said, we're going to go over here in the morning. Well, I unload side by side, get everybody on. I drive in the dark. No lights on, no nothing. I take the long way around so I won't run them off. I round the curve that the, that the blind's on, and I drive right into the middle of them. They're standing on the road. And I said, well, so much for this crap. <laughs> you know, so I just drive on out there to the blind. It's on dry ground. Yeah. And... We get in the blind, you know, I get in there and I tell them, I said, look here, guys. I said, I'm not shooting into a big group of geese, no big group of specs. I said, we're going to shoot into a group of specs at no more than five. We are not shooting into the snow geese. And like their mouth's like, well, what? And it was my brother-in-law. I said, yeah. them geese, them snow geese are our lifeline for this whole farm. I said, if you got a bunch of geese, I said, you got ducks. So, I said, you it, it's funny at, that you say at, that. Because at seven, at shooting time, I don't forgot what time shooting time was. I mean, I had this monster wad of geese over my head. Big old knot of space. I said, why ain't we I said, we ain't shooting into them. We had a big, strong north wind. I said, they fish and got there and landed on the dry ground. This big north wind. I said, they'll never hear a shoot. They started landing back there, started landing back there. I get me three or four right there in the face. At seven fifteen, we were done with all our specs. And and I actually, you know, if I get on specs, I'm gonna kill. I'm gonna get mine too. You know, if we're having a good spec day, I will get mine because I I want mine to eat. Yeah, and, uh, shoot that for sure. So, so at seven seven thirty or something like that, it was four of them and me. We we had our ten specs, and and and, and then I wound up. Uh, some three or four, you know, snow geese, you know, would come in there and all them geese sitting by there behind us. We're, shoot, we're shooting them in our face, snow geese. 
you know, and then we wound up killing, I don't know, 16, 17, 18 ducks. And I said, y'all see what I just did? The next day we went, I killed them another one. I didn't kill mine that day. They said, we gonna, I said, nope. I said, I got my, I got mine yesterday. I said, we ain't shooting mine today. Or I, I'm not going to shoot. Cause that's one thing I do. I'll, if I shoot my specs, I'm shooting my specs. They're not shooting my specs. Yeah. Yep. You know, you know, like, like they going to get theirs and I ain't going to pull a trigger. And then I'll, I will sit there and say, I'm going to, I think you killed this goose right here. I said, and most of the time, I got somebody running a video, uh, telephone with a video on it when I do my. Yeah. Now, I, I thought it was funny that you said, Clint, about the snow geese, because I was on a hunt this year with Dustin, and we had snows landing uh, kind of over to our right, and the wind was coming out of our right, so they didn't hear our shooting. And one of the guys wanted to get them out because of the because it was drawing the specs from us onto the snows. And Dustin said, Hell no. no, 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 no. He said, I learned this from Mr. Charles. He said, that's a duck suck. Do not get those out of there. And that white shows up from everywhere, you know? Everything can see that white. It might, it might. You might not kill nothing. You might not kill nothing, but sometimes you got to sit there and enjoy the show. Yes. And I, I, yes, I yes, have, yes. I have sat there and I've had them jokers, not geese, but ducks. And it was in the same blind. And we'll have a south wind, and then some guns will just land out there in front of me about 400 yards. 400 yards, 400 yards, just, and it's a show, you know, if yeah. you got a migration, a big knot of ducks or something like that, and every duck in the country will just come around and it's going to suck right there to them, yep. you know, and I, I we're just talking about that today too. I, I had a field up there, uh, close to y'all last year, so I was up there in Del Plain, and I could go up there and I would see a show. Now, now, did I, did I have a pretty decent second season over? Yeah, that's on that's on part about it. You know, that was decent. But I could go up there and see literally tens and thousands of ducks, especially right before shooting time and right there at shooting time, going right back that lake. And then there was a field out there beside me. Whenever it had to rain, it would get sheep water on it, and there would be twenty, thirty thousand ducks to start piling up in it. And I was sitting over there, what show would be nice to be over there? You know, that's all I can do. Sit there and just watch the show. Watch. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I sat there telling them, y'all look right there, guys. I said, look at these ducks. And an eagle or something like that would go across there and lift them up, and the scout it would just turn black. Nothing but solid duck. I said, look. I said, I'm doing all I can. You know, yeah. here, I am, here I am with. With ten dozen decoys and they're raising forty thousand sitting over. I mean, I can't yeah. compete with that. No, I don't care who, how good a duck caller you are or whatever. You, you ain't gonna compete with that. <laughs> yeah. it's a part of the game. To, they're gonna win. It's to, a part of the game. That's it. You know, and, and I tell her, somebody sat there and say, "Are we gonna get them today, Clint?" I said, I "Ain't one person knows if I'm gonna get them or not." That's the good Lord. 
Yes, sir. If he want if, if he wants me to get them, I'm gonna get them. If he don't want me to get them today, we ain't getting them today. Period. Yes, sir. Bar none, you know. And but that's who I am, you know. I put my yep. on one. I put my brushes on one leg at a time, like everybody else. You know. Oh yeah, you, you just blow the spec call a little bit better. <laughs> no, I ain't gonna sit there and say that. You know, <laughs> the the, be, the best spec caller, the one that sounds more like a speckle belly goose than anybody, and this is my opinion. My opinion on it is John Chase Home. Yeah, that that he is so phenomenal. Yeah, there's oh, no yeah. in my in my opinion. There's no person in this in this country that can sound more like a real duck than Kent Cullen. Yes, you know, and people, you know, and people can argue with me and talk, you know, now ever uh, no, you know, that's that's my opinion. You know, is Kent Kent Cullen is one of my heroes. You know, I, I ain't gonna lie to you. There's nobody, you know, is he a funny song? <laughs> that's one of the funniest jokers ever. ever. You know, one the last time we and him ever hunted together, we was <laughs> was in our old dump, and and we had some friends there, and and we went on a, a friend hunt, and we was racing to see who could kill the ducks and who could kill the specks. <laughs> like I'd have a group of specks working, he'd have some ducks working, we and we was cutting up and having just just a ball. Yes, you know, and and that particular day. We killed a lemon of specks, a lemon of ducks, and um, we had a, in the lemon of ducks, we had a lemon of mallards, all our pintails, and the rest of them was gabwalls and one teal. Not a spoonie, not nothing else in the bunch. <laughs> I mean, just, I, and I got a picture, you know, to, to prove it. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. was just, it was just unbelievable. And yeah. but you know, but we just he sat there and said, "I'm going." And I had one of his old. Actually, the, the insert I have, yeah, the insert I do have it is a hobo. Yeah, and uh, I, I had it in my my blind bag. It's right when he come out with hobo. He said, "He said you need to get that call." I said, "I got your insert sitting right here," and and he pulled this thing out of my blind bag. He said, "This thing killed duck." And I said. Yeah, I said that son of still got the original cork in it. He put he crammed that thing in and he caught some ducks. He said, I told you he had to kill some ducks. He said, but I had to hurry up because you said killed in specs. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I didn't I, he said, I think we're racing. I don't know who's gonna kill foot first. Yeah. You know, and but you know, like like the you know, I will not um I will not push a product that I do not believe in. By by no means. I don't care whose it is. What no, we done been we done been talking about shotgun shells, you know, and I sat there and said I believe in Jeb's chuck tubes, you know. And and Mr. Jimmy down there, he would not have them world championships, world records steel target in the NWTL. Yeah. He did if, he, if they didn't have something. Yeah. You know, you know, and I'm a believer in Drake Waterfowl, you know. Have I ever had any other apparel company to approach me? Absolutely. I have. You know. Who said, I give you this right here, I give you this right here. Well, you know, 
I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I, I didn't have decoys. You know, I, I'm all about heating decoys. You know, I got a field decoy right here right now that will still float, and somebody shot that t- that teal right square in the butt. Yeah. And it's got it's got a it's got a half dollar size hole shot all the way through it. You know, and I only believe in companies that I believe in. You know, yes. if it's a good product. If it's a good product, I'm gonna burn it. I'm a Benelli shotgun person. I'm a Beretta shotgun person. You know, now, now I, I didn't I didn't transfer it over to a retake. You know, I bought me a retake twenty gauge, and I love that little gun. <laughs> but I only hunted with it a half a year. Is it, it, I tell somebody sit there and go buy it? Absolutely, I will. It's a good gun. You know, I'm not sponsored by it. Nobody's giving me no guns or nothing. Like, nobody's giving me no bullets. You know, or do I think them boss shotgun shells are good? Absolutely, they're good. You know, I got four cases of 20 gauge. That's all I want to hunt with is with a 20 gauge this year. I got four cases of them sitting in my back room right now. And I bought them in February. But that comes with with just the honesty of being a, a waterfowler, I, I think, Clint. I think the well, fact that. Of just being honest with who you are and really believing in and I get I I feel the same way you do, Clint. And I get teased a little bit on the on the show because I, I you know they say um there's certain brands I stick with and that's me. And that's just what I'm gonna do. Um, and, I, and I know y'all y'all got y'all got sponsors and, and yeah. And the 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 last, the last weekend of duck season this year. Um, I had a guy come hunting with me, and uh, he, he's a, all he does for a living is shoot shotgun. That's all yeah. this guy does. And uh, and me and him, we was talking. We was on on the side side, and we was riding. You know, now it's just picking his brain about shooting. And because I, I shot sporting clays, you know, in my in the nineties, you know, and I never went and shot any register targets or anything like that. And uh, yeah. And me, and me and him, we was talking, and I and I said, well, and you know, and he had his gear on, I had my gear on, and and I sat there and told him, you know, I said, well, I said, I I go ahead and tell you, um, I said, you know, I was talking about Drake. I said they gave me my first first half opportunity. And uh, he said, "Really?" I said, "Yep." I said, "I, I said I won my first fake calling contest in '08." I said, '09." I said, "I got on their staff." I said, "They were the first ones that ever gave me my thing." I said, "They were the first ones ever to reach out to me anything." I said, "And I've been with them ever since then." I said, "I, I don't forget stuff." Uh, I, you throw a dog a bone, you know, old dog close for him, you give him a bone. I said, and that's the way I am. You know, you, you know, you scratch my back, I'm going to scratch yours. And the old boy, he sat there, and and he is world-renowned shooter. Like, man, he was talking about his shooting. He said, Clint, he said, in the last um, four years, he, he said, I have, uh, he said, I've won the, the national championship twice, and I finished second twice. He said, I have finished second in the world. He never won the world, which the world's over the big But, you know, he, he said, I've been second in the world. 
and I know somebody that's one of my personal friends is known to the world and who's the highest shooting American there. The yeah. World. You know, but, and, you know, and, and he said, and he looked at me in the face and he said, you know, you just earned my respect for that. Just what I told him, you know, I said, they gave me my first, my first shot. I said, I'm sticking with it. And yeah. that's why I am, you know, and, and, have I? Can I sit there and pretty much call any duck call company up and say, "Hey, I need a duck call." Guess what's going to happen? They going to send me a duck call. Yes, sir. But 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 whose duck calls do I blow? Stumps. Yeah. Stump is, Stump is my friend. Stump. Yeah. Stump builds. You know, RM custom calls. I mean, he builds one of the best duck calls out there on on the planet. You know, who spec calls am I blowing? Mr. Bills. Mr. Right. Bills. You know, you know, Mr. Bills has become one of my friends. You know, and and the first Rifleman call I ever had was gave to me by a very close friend of mine. You know, and he gave it to me. Who, who was close friends with Bill and and all that, and now. He's worth another call company because that's his job, you know. Yeah. You know, well, well, you know, Higgins Decoys, you know, the reason why I believe in Higgins Decoys, well, one thing is uh, they're the best out there, in my opinion. You know, yeah. I, I can shoot them, I can do whatever, you know, I, I ain't got to worry about getting a brand new decoy and throwing it out there in the water and it's sinking, you know, yeah, or somebody stand up and smash that son of a gun and it still floats. I can get this teal right now. Now I might lay over on its side, but I can take this teal I got right now and throw it in a bucket of water and, and throw it out into a fish pond, and that's something going still going to float. And it's yeah. got a clean hole shot all the way from the butt out its chest all the way to it. Clean hole. The wide and all went all the way to it. You know, I'm only going to believe in stuff that I that I know is good product. Yeah. You know. I, I don't know how many people has ever reached out to me. Will you sit there? Nope. I ain't doing it. You said no, I, stuff and I sit there and I try it, but you know, I ain't going to promote you. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. I mean, <laughs> it's funny you say that, man. And you know, and I feel blessed. Uh, I, don't know, I know we're getting a little over time, but I have to feel I have to get up to, uh, the air off my chest. Is I feel blessed to have you stump and guys like that, you know, that are mentors to me in this industry, because no, I, I, I ain't no mentor now. I, I'm oh, just yeah. everyday. I, I'm just everyday old dude. Put your britches on one leg at a time, like yeah. everybody else. You know? And you are, but, but, I, but, but I have been very, very blessed as well. Yeah, and, and yeah. it's mainly, and it's mainly because of one man. One. Well, actually, it's two. Yeah, two and my wife. Two in my wife, <laughs> no. but you know, Charles took me under his wing in nineteen. I've been going out there hunting since nineteen ninety two. He has taught he has taught me how to blow a duck call. He got me in the contest calling. I quit all that. I quit going out there. One day I caught him up, and me and my wife then got married, and and then he got me back. Him and her got together and got me back in the calling contest. And I won my first state, you know, the first year back, and and then. You know, finish this, this snowball from there. You know, yeah. 
I, I am just, you know, I'm so thankful for Charles every day, especially now since my dad's been gone. You know, yeah. I'm the one that started. I'm the one that started calling him Papa Charles when my son started. When my when my son got born, I said his name's gonna be Papa Charles. You know, he is such and, a, just a, I, a good human. Oh, like, just un, unbelievable! Unbelievable, yeah. Just I, you know, <laughs> he don't want no drama. You know, he don't want to make nobody mad. He tries to make everybody happy. You know, but no, oh, yeah, yeah, that's. <laughs> Him, his wife, I mean, they're just such good, good-hearted people. Oh, unbelievable. And I, I'll, tell this, I'll tell the story. You know, we had Thanksgiving at his house 2017, right, before, we went, to, before I, we went to go watch Worlds. Right. And the one thing he said to me, and all of us kind of as a group, is he was talking about how, you know, for people who don't know, you know, he went, he qualified 25 times and blew 25 times straight 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 nobody 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 yeah and um he said you know i had thanksgiving at pizza parlors with my family and when i moved to louis you know because he's a native georgian when i moved to um arkansas he was like you know he has a huge thanksgiving at his house he wanted everyone to feel welcome at his house for Thanksgiving. He said, no one coming to Stuttgart should feel that they have to eat Thanksgiving at a pizza parlor. And when you go to his house and when you meet him and you hang out with him, yeah, you know, there was tons of people in the street there, but he treated everyone the same and he made you feel so welcome that you were part of his family. You know, so it's like, you know, Craig, you know, Craig Wilson, you know, he lived from California. You know, he, he was a contest caller, you know. Yeah. And his daughters come out there and, and you know, you know, no, y'all come over here to eat, you know. And it's just countless, countless number of people, you know, that come from all over the country. And Charles met every one of them from contest calling, you know. You know, the, the people that I, I have met, you know, the first time I ever went to the world, Joe, uh, I stayed at the in Hazen uh, and uh, yeah. the guy sitting there uh I went out there and blowed me around before the you know before I left the hotel. Another guy was out there blowing and actually that guy was from Florida State. I mean the California State champion at that time. Yeah. I don't forgot what his name was. And me and him got you know we struck up a conversation. I said, Man, I'd love to kill me a cinnamon. He said come he said, Come on. He said, I'll take you to you a cinnamon. You know, I, I can pretty much, you know, besides Alaska I can pretty much go anywhere I want to go, and it ain't gonna cost me nothing to go hunting, you know, except yeah. and my license and stuff like that. But you know, my heart is in Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, I have I have gone quite a bit of places. You know, I've hunted all up and down the, the Atlantic Seaboard, from Boston, Massachusetts to to the. To the Chesapeake Bay, the Outer Banks, North Carolina, Venice, Louisiana, the Mississippi, the Arkansas. Yeah, I mean, I've gone all over. But where am I at now? Where where did my where did my roots take me back to? A rice bed in Arkansas. Northeast Arkansas. Yes, sir. Yes, you know, sir. You know, you you keep you keep throwing about out out about the rice. Give me a bean field and I'll show you what I can do. <laughs> I'll take a bean. I'll take a bean field over a rice field any day. 
<laughs> but 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 now now but it's got to be a good feel. Yeah, you know I I, I ain't gonna hunt no junk feel. Yeah, now, no garbage. You give me a, you you can give me a laid out feel like had nothing planted in it. Uh, nothing. As long as it's a good feel, I'm gonna show you what I can do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, I've been there with you. I've seen it. But the 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 um. You give me a, a that bean field. That's how young that water's gonna get muddy. You give me a raid out field. I ain't had nothing planted in it. That water's gonna get muddy. Yeah. You know what? That, you know what? Them ducks gonna, when they out there flying around, they gonna look down and see muddy. Top. You know what's gonna? Put, you know what's gonna? You know what's gonna put in their brain? They've been ducks feeding right there. Yeah. Well, right there. <laughs> well, we we chocolate milk. We going right. Chocolate there. milk and that's quick. Yeah. And they come. You know, which I had a laid out field last year and it, it was horrible, but my blind looked like a dang um an island. I mean I, I couldn't I couldn't hide it or nothing like that and and it looked like the Atlantic Ocean out in front of it, you know, and they go right out there in the middle of the land. You know, and I, I I can't I can't stop that. You know. That's when you gotta become an entertainer. Yeah. Anybody anybody can be a guide. It takes a special person to be, to be a, a good guy. Right. You know, and I have I have people all the time say, Man, you got the best job in the world. And and I always look up and Sharp, you, you, you can you can join in on this right here with me now. They say, it, it, you get paid to go hunting. I said, Okay. I said, it's a pretty good gig. I said, but you don't know how it feels to go to bed at night. 10, 11 o'clock. You know, you got to socialize with you guys. You got to have a beer with them or whatever, you know, because you know, they're excited and this and that. You don't know how it feels when you got that alarm clock goes off at 4 o'clock in the morning and you know you fish and take them hunting and you know they ain't going to kill nothing when they get there. It's a that's the tough one when you get on the phone and you tell those guys you're you know we always let everybody know hey it's been slow you know it's 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 been hunt it, the hunting's been tough and people still come and like you said it's it grinds my gears even going out knowing I'm not going to go do that but people they still want to you know they got that set that, weekend they got to come that set weekend I'm going to do that's right everything in my power to put you on birds and those are the days like we talked about it earlier those days when you shoot your limit that's easy that's easy that's, it's it. the that's days. easy easy them, them threes and fours your heroes out. and all that that's right you know and it happens you know every day when i leave that hotel i don't care how, how i feel when i go to bed how i feel when i get up i go there and get in my truck and i hook that side by side up and I load up a old bird dog. When I leave that hotel, I'm going to get 24. I got game guys, on. I'm going to get 24. If I got three guys, I'm going to get 18. I got six guys, I'm going to get 36. Mm-hmm. You, know, you got to have you got to have that mentality. This is what I'm going to do. Positive. You got to have positive. Now reality sat there and says you're going to be doing good to click safety off with somebody <laughs> but that, you know that's, it, it's positive you know 
That's, you know, that's, that's when the, my jokes come in and, 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 and I'm, I'm real bad. You know, I'm not politically wrecked and, and somebody had to get on to me about my mouth. And I, I try to watch my mouth when I'm up with like right here, right now. And, and, and this and that, but when I got a bunch of 25 years old, am I blind with me? Oh, buddy. I'm going to let it. It's, it's learning yeah. how to play, play your crowd, you know, yeah. it's, it's learning your crowd. You have to. But like you said, the and, hardest and, thing and is sometimes, put, you know, like this, I'm going to go out there. Okay. And uh, I don't know if you know this, Sharp, but I actually got baptized in a pit. That's awesome. And, and and I got the video now. And and it was a fella that he actually lives in Arkansas now, but he he was a consultant with my wife at the hospital. His son is a custom nineteen eleven gun builder. We were talking about guns earlier. And uh he's built guns for Steven Seagal and I mean like he builds race guns and I mean like his guns sell for like twenty grand a piece, twenty five grand a piece. And uh but anyway, I had him his son, a Church of Christ preacher, and 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 his dad in the blind with me. And uh, we didn't play that. We didn't hardly do nothing the first day. Second day we was hunting, and uh, I care. I, I packed my towel. My wife and Jim had already done talked about it. You know what I wanted to do, and uh, so. We're sitting there, we're hunting, and I was in the middle of the blind, and I, I told Joe, I said, I want your dad on this side right here. I said, they're going to come. I said, I want him right here. I said, he's going to get the most seat. Well, the Church of Christ preacher, we're sitting there talking, and um, and I told him, you know, and I, I said, you know, religion come up, and I, I ain't got a problem with nobody talking about religion with me. And so we was talking, and I said, well, I said, I get criticized a bunch. I said, do I go to church every Sunday? I said, absolutely not. I said, I do not. I said, it got pounded in my head. You know, my mama made me go to Sunday school, go to church every Sunday. I said, they just beat on me, beat on me, beat on me. I said, and then uh, I had a Sunday school teacher, and they were just pounding on me. I said, and then once I got later in life, I started working at tax service shop, processing place. And I said, here comes my Sunday school teacher in there. I said, that son going to cuss like a sailor and this and that. And I was like, this guy's right here a dang hypocrite. And uh, I said, I'm go- I said, I'll tell you right now. I said, tomorrow's going to be Sunday. And he said, yep. I said, can I be in that church worshiping the Lord? I said, absolutely, I can. I said, but I can be sitting right here in this duck blind and I can look out this window right here. I said, I can, I can rejoice with what the Lord did for me. And the old preacher, he sat there, he turned around and looked at me. He said, you know what? I said, what's that? He said, I have never thought of it. I said, you going to get out there and preach about God. I said, I'm going to sit out here and, and, and rejoice what God did for me. He said, you have just made a valid point that I've never even thought about. I said, look at that sunrise this morning. I said, look at this. So anyway, we piled up, you know, everybody, I said, the hunt was over. You know, we had, we had a good strap of ducks that day. Hunt was over, and I backed, which one was still hunting out of Argos, and I backed the old Argo out there. And Mr. Jim gets in there first, and, and uh, 
and I'm sitting there, we getting everything. In. I looked down there. I said, Mr. Jim. He said, what's that? I said, uh, you need to get your, your butt out there. He said, why is that? I said, we got something else we got to do. And, uh, I laid across the pit and, and, uh, I said, all right, now I said, we can't get out here and you should pull dump me. I said, I got to have my waiters tomorrow. I said, they'd be full of water. I did. I laid, I, I laid across Charles's pit and, and he dunked me right there in the dang water. You know, I think, I think the, um, the field went down about a half inch, maybe an inch of water, you know, when it went down my big old nose. But, but I had, <laughs> I had, I had, I had, I had dandruff for, for about two weeks. But I carried me a towel to dry my head off with. <laughs> I, I've seen you the video, Joe. I, I mean, yeah. I short. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, you said my and son I, just got baptized I, this year in uh or, or in, in, the, in, the, in the in the timber hole we used to hunt in. But you know, but actually, you know, the uh, that Church of Christ preacher is the one that videoed it for me, or so, yeah. somebody videoed it. I, I think he's the one that did it for me. You know, and you know, and it meant the world to me. You know, it sure enough meant the world to my mama. You know, one one of the things my my daddy always said is that. Your mom won't see you get baptized. I said, you know, and and in that video, you can sit there and hear me say, "This is God's work, not a bathtub." Yeah, you know, you know, and and that's the way, you know, that's the way I believe. You know, you know, uh, I can turn to speaking on, you know, but you know, what? Well, was some of that was that water pumped in that field? Yes, but some of it was God's water that fell out of the air too. Yes, sir. I mean, all of it was God's work. No matter how it got pumped in there, how it, that was all God's work. So, but, but you know that that that's that's the way I am. You know. Yeah. So, but, but maybe we'll do another one. We'll do it on tax term since the first one was on tax term. And this yeah, term, the uh, this was this I right could ask for a better ones. We have better one, Clint. A lot I mean, of great. Uh, I mean, I I could talk to you for hours. Um, but, you know, I mean, and, and if we need to sit there and, and y'all need to split this thing up or whatever, I mean, that that this part will get cut out. But, you know, I, I don't care. You know, anything to help you guys out, you know, I'll help anybody. Yeah. You know, I, I, positive motivation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I got to try to stay positive. You know, it's pretty a dang, it's pretty hard around here right now. And, and, um, so uh, I got to get positive. Hey guys, and like always, I want to thank Bow and Honor Outdoors for what they do for our service members, first responders, and veterans. I also want to thank The Real Decoy. And I want to thank A-Bear Custom Decoy Rigs. Like always, y'all have a good one and let Valor not fail.